Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. In Solano County, California, investigators struggle to identify human remains found during the hottest time of the year. During the dry season, it gets very hot, commonly over 100 degrees every day. Because of the severe weather conditions, the body was mummified. In a neighboring city, a young mother walks away from her seemingly normal life. This is a woman who is obsessed with her little girl. We just all felt something was wrong with this. After years go by with detectives no closer to solving either case, could the arid climate be the key to linking them and exposing a killer? The weather helped preserve and petrify the skin on the body. Weather can play an instrumental part in any investigation of any case, especially a homicide case. In the North Bay region of California, less than 30 miles from the Pacific Ocean, sits the diverse city of Fairfield. The city of Fairfield is north of San Francisco. It's bordered by the Napa Valley and the Sacramento state capital. That area in California, it's near what's called the Delta. The Delta regions where the Sacramento and San Joaquin rivers uh, meet in the San Francisco Bay. It has lots of farmland and lots of city land and it's a great melting pot of different communities. Its Mediterranean climate makes it an ideal place to live with little precipitation, especially in the cooler months. During the uh, fall and winter, we have picture-perfect weather, not heavy rainstorms, but we have a really super comfortable climate for Northern California. But the summers can be scorching. Solano County has a tendency to be hot during the day. Uh, temperatures sometimes well over 100 degrees. It can be very uncomfortable if you have to stand out in the weather for an extended period of time. But because the city is situated in between coastal ranges and the valley, they experience an enduring wind. They get a constant breeze that blows through the area. It's called the Delta Breeze. Most days and evenings, it's blowing through uh, pretty consistent 20, 30 miles an hour. We are known for our uh, afternoon winds and uh, can be a bit breezy. Um, that cools us off, so we have very hot summers and we can have cool evenings. And the summer of 1996 was no exception. The Fairfield terrain has its usual golden brown color, baked by the hot California sun. The last significant rain was the middle of May. Otherwise, every day was uh, dry, warm, and windy in the afternoon, and so everything was completely dried out. As residents prepare for another scorcher, 
the Solano County Sheriff's Office gets an unusual call. The 911 call came in from two ranchers that stated they were chasing a coyote when they came upon what they believed to be a human body in a ravine alongside of Flannery Road. It was a real rural area, about 20 miles out of Fairfield, about eight miles um, west of Rio Vista. It was basically farmland, um, a lot of sheep out in the area. Deputies are immediately dispatched to the scene. Meanwhile, 15 miles west in the city of Fairfield, 34-year-old Dana Deaver has been reported missing by her boyfriend. Her mysterious disappearance is about to spark an intense investigation that will include multiple law enforcement agencies, forensic anthropologists, and take more than a decade to solve. This case was one of the century. Born on August 26, 1961, Dana Deaver grew up in American Canyon, California with her three sisters. The second from the youngest, Dana was a standout with her beautiful blonde hair and vibrant personality. She was a very fun-loving young lady, um, loved to socialize, to have some friends and to get out. She was always very positive. It was that outgoing attitude that attracted a man named Lonnie Curley, who lived just a few blocks away. They went to the same high school. Lonnie Curley was a couple years older than her. Um, and I don't believe that they dated in high school, but they knew each other, their families knew each other. At 24 years old, Lonnie seemed to be the perfect catch. He had a love for nice cars and a steady job as a garbage collector for a nearby school district. With similar tastes and styles, the two quickly fell in love. They actually looked like a very attractive couple together. Their bodies were toned and tanned and in shape, so they seemed like a match. She started to live with him in 1986, and it was really good between the two of them. That same year, Dana gave birth to a baby girl named Mandy and stayed home to raise her. For the next nine years, that little girl became Dana's world. She was very devoted to her daughter, loved her very much. She was a vibrant, friendly, uh, uh, warm woman. Um, and the thing about her that really, really stood out is she was the most loving and caring mother. Her face would just light up when uh, you talked about her daughter. Which is why it was so astonishing that in July of 1996, no one had heard from Dana in three weeks. Deputy Ken Kramer from the Solano County Sheriff's Office is the first to arrive at Flannery Road, where two sheep ranchers say they found a human body. On that day, the weather was dry, it was hot, and it was windy. That area of Rio Vista, some would call it farmland. However, it's dry, absent any uh, water for crops, so it's mostly used for grazing of cattle. As the sun beats down, Kramer makes his way over to them. They point out the remains, which rest a short distance off the roadway in a dried out irrigation ditch. The body was laying on its side and the upper torso had a blanket fully wrapped around the entire upper portion of the body from the waist up. The only thing that was visible was the hips and the femur and the lower legs. The part of the body that had been exposed to the elements was extremely dried out and mummified. 
they can tell the body's been there for a while. It was not what we call a fresh dump. The body was uh, been there at least for weeks, if not longer, based off of the condition and the deterioration of the body. I could not tell uh, the age, the sex, the ethnicity. Based on the condition and placement of the body, deputies suspect foul play. There's not a car nearby, there's no clothing, there's no identification, no jewelry, no nothing. Just this body that had looked like it had been there for quite some time. It was not a natural event that occurred. This had to have been a homicide. As we secure the area and call in the homicide detectives. Solano County detectives arrive and search for clues. But did the hot summer weather already hinder their investigation before it even began? There's nowhere to really go with such a badly decomposed body. The clues in the case were all but non-existent. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In 1996, Fairfield, California resident, 34-year-old Dana Deaver has disappeared during a typical hot California July. In this part of California from uh, June to July, just about every day is going to be windy, but still dry because we don't have the rainfall um, typically this time of year. Meanwhile, homicide detectives from the Solano County Sheriff's Office have arrived at a remote area of Rio Vista, 20 miles east, to examine a mummified body found in a drainage ditch. 
body appeared to be laying on its side. The upper torso above the waist was wrapped in a green blanket, while the lower portion of the body was exposed, and you could see the legs slightly bent. The skin was dried, leathery, uh, petrified-like. The right hand, the only portion of the torso that is not covered by the blanket, is also mummified, like the legs. July 8th was sunny and warm and windy. And at night, you still have humidity approaching 90%. But during the day, it's dropping down to 20%, even lower. And so that helps dry things out, especially, you know, extremities. Those are things that'll they'll dry out faster. Based on the state of the dehydration, it appears the body has been there a very long time. At this stage of my career, this was the first time that I've come across the body that was mummified. We didn't know who it was, it was unidentified at the time, but seeing a body so decomposed, um, it was unrecognizable. With no way to tell if it's male or female, or how this person died, the body is carefully removed and sent to the medical examiner's office for an autopsy. Unfortunately, a thorough search of the surrounding area turns up no clues to the person's identity or how and when they came to be there. Our weather can affect a crime scene, something as simple as tire tracks, that type of thing. Dry, dusty day, they could be blown away. Investigators are hopeful the autopsy will give them a lead. The next day, after taking a complete set of x-rays, the medical examiner carefully opens the blanket to inspect the unexposed portion of the body. The upper torso, the arms, and the head were still all attached. You could see the discoloration between the top portion of the body and that that had been exposed to the elements. The upper torso was darker and eroded slightly different than the lower half of the torso. The chest cavity is completely empty. So wildlife and, and the bugs destroyed all the organs. An examination of the bones, specifically the skull and pelvic bones, reveal that the victim is likely a woman. The body was identified as a female, approximately 30 years of age. And that she had most likely given birth um, to a baby at some point in her life. But because of the hot and dry weather conditions that affected the body, he's unable to determine cause of death. He saw no internal or external injuries. It was basically skin, a very, very dried out skin over her bones. Her body weighed only 31 pounds at the time of the autopsy. Although based on the nature of the dehydration, he does estimate time of death. The opinion of the coroner's officials that discovered the body believes that the body had been in the area for more than six months. Due to the length of time that the body was there, we knew there was gonna be more challenges to determine the identity of the individual. Then the pathologist comes up with an idea. Because the victim's right hand is mummified from the dry conditions, they believe there may be a way to make an identification. The ID techs will attempt to re-moisturize the skin on a body that is petrified to see if they can uh, recreate or get the skin to regenerate its fingerprints and attempt to get a latent fingerprint to match with possible missing persons cases that are out there. Thanks to the heat, the procedure works. 
These weather conditions that mummify her fingers help the investigation because it preserved those fingerprints. You know, if if it had been, you know, cooler, uh, more humid, or, you know, if this happened in the winter, you know, there would have been, you know, much higher humidity, more moisture available to decompose things rather than um, mummify things. It's a minor victory. Investigators still need a name to compare the prints to. So Solano County investigators focus on missing persons reports dating back six months and before. Approximately 60 missing persons reports were reviewed throughout the state. None of those missing persons turned out to match the description and the time frame. With no other leads to her identity, the unknown woman is given a designation by the county. She was the seventh person that was unidentified that was had died under suspicious circumstances in Solano County at that time for that year. She had become Jane Doe number seven. The county buries her remains as the case slowly goes cold. So it kind of leaves you with, well, is it natural? Is it a drug overdose? What happened? You know, was she killed? Was she not killed? So from there, what, where do you go with your investigation? As detectives struggle to discover who their Jane Doe is, a neighboring city is dealing with a mystery of their own. There were simultaneous investigations going on. We didn't have a body. We didn't have a crime scene. I thought something wasn't right. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. In California, police in Solano County are investigating the mysterious death of an unidentified woman after the hot summer heat mummified portions of her body. You have warm temperatures, it was sunny every day, and wind, those combined to help desiccate things, dry things out faster, and be mummified. Then the following month, another police department starts their own investigation. 
the Fairfield Police Department gets a call about a missing woman. A desk officer took a report for a missing person, Dana Deaver. Uh, this report was reported by Lonnie Curley, her boyfriend. At this point, I made an um, appointment with him to go out and talk to him face to face. Detective Matthew Rubin arrives to the 36-year-old's home to follow up. Showed up and he had an attorney with him. So I thought that was a bit unusual, but anybody's right to have an attorney. Did the interview with Lonnie, very closed mouth. He didn't really open up. He was just answering questions very, very plainly, if you would, no details. According to Lonnie, in the wee hours of June 14th, Dana confronted him while he was getting ready for his usual 4 a.m. shift at work. Dana woke up approximately 3 a.m. and he said, what are you doing, where are you going? said she couldn't take it anymore and basically walked out the door. Lonnie says after Dana left, he called in sick, then called his parents to come over and help him break the news to their nine-year-old daughter and take her to school later that morning. He didn't seem to be overly concerned because Dana left in the past. He stated that she had uh, prior drug use and was most likely going out to use drugs and she would be gone at times for a couple of days and usually would come back. He claims that's why it took him seven weeks to file the report. He assumed she'd be back. Investigators inquire about the state of their relationship leading up to Dana's departure. He said, you know, like any other couple, at times we've had fights and discussions. I asked if they ever had any physical altercations in these arguments, and he said, no, we had not been physical. He never hit her. Lonnie lets investigators take a look around. There's no sign of a, a fight or um, things broken. We went into the garage and walked through the yard. But in the bedroom, they make a curious find. Her purse was there, makeup on the uh, nightstand, and I believe there were some keys there. She did not take her car. Lonnie says she left with only the clothes on her back. That's when police start to get skeptical about his story. So the fact that she left without her car, her makeup, her purse, her ID, and most importantly, her daughter, and never to come back, and he doesn't report it to anybody, was extremely odd. I thought something wasn't right. Even if she was on a binge out using drugs, um, she would have called her daughter and, and checked in on her. That didn't happen. And then um, he and his attorney ended the interview uh, at that time. Fairfield police speak to Lonnie's parents, and they corroborate what Lonnie had told them about the day Dana left. They said Lonnie was a great guy, and you know they've had uh, fights, and she did have a drug problem earlier as a younger woman, but uh, maybe that's where she was at. So they really, really were supporting Lonnie. For now, investigators have to take the Curleys at their word. We just all felt something was wrong with this, but I couldn't call him a person of interest because we didn't have a body, we didn't have a crime scene. The missing person's investigation goes into full swing as detectives try to locate Dana. I started making phone calls, calling all the hospitals, drug programs, looking to see maybe she was enrolled or she'd been there. We went down to the Amtrak office. Many efforts were made to locate Dana Deaver by contacting neighbors and friends and family. We also checked uh, Dana's driver's license, her credit uh, cards, and social security numbers. But they find no activity on any of them. They also check Dana against any unidentified bodies in the region. 
I also called the coroner's office in Solano County. I said, do you have any Jane Doe's at all matching this description? And I came up with no, no results. Since Dana disappeared seven weeks earlier, she's not compared to Jane Doe number seven, who was thought to have died before January. As other priorities arise, the case gets put on the back burner. None of the neighbors had seen Dana Deaver in recent uh, days, and nor had her family or friends heard from her. With nothing else to go on, the case goes cold. Every year they would try to check, check to see, you know, was her credit cards used, any information that she was still alive, where her whereabouts were. The clues in the case were uh, all but non-existent. It takes years and forensic technology before investigators solve this mystery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In the summer of 1996 in California, Solano County and Fairfield investigators each have their own cold case. On July 8th, you have the Sheriff's Department with an unidentified female body believed to have been there for at least six months to a year. Then a month later, Lonnie Curley files a missing persons report on his girlfriend, Dana Deaver, to Fairfield police, saying she walked out on June 14th. So they weren't matching up. More than a decade later, Fairfield police detectives decide to take another look at their cold cases, including the Dana Deaver missing persons case. The thing that stuck out to me primarily was 
There was no activity on her credit cards, no activity on her social security card, and she had just simply disappeared never to be seen or heard from again. They went back, and at this time, they discovered that there was a Jane Doe in the Solano County Coroner's Office. Fairfield detectives contact the Solano County Sheriff's Department inquiring about a Jane Doe from 1996 that had not previously been compared because she was thought to have been much older. Jane Doe number seven and Dana Devers uh, were not matched up early because of the extent of the mummification and the decomposition and the time frame since Dana Devers was not reported until weeks after the uh, Jane Doe number seven was found. A female between the ages of 25 and 45 years old, she was Caucasian. Even though the dates don't match up, they want to completely rule her out. They request a copy of the file. That's when they discover a second autopsy report from two years after she was found. The sheriff's department thought, well, let's have her body looked at by an anthropologist. Maybe they'll see something that a pathologist wouldn't. Solano County exhumed her body, and unlike the original medical examiner, the forensic anthropologist was able to determine how Jane Doe number seven was killed. When he was looking at her whole body is when he started seeing these different injuries to her ribs. The fractures were in different phases of the healing process, which indicated they had been broken many times. He saw um, blunt force impact injuries that he believed were perimortem injuries, so at or around the time of death. So he wrote in his report in 1998 that he believed that the manner of death was a homicide and that she died as a result of a beating. Even more stunning were the anthropologist's findings about the timeline. The heat and the heavy winds in that area had a tendency to decompose and mummify the body rather quickly. The soil being dried out in the summer and being fairly high in clay content uh, would help with the desiccation process. So instead of being out there for six months to a year, like originally thought, he says Jane Doe number seven could have been out there for as short a time as a few weeks. Which would have been the time frame which Dana Deaver had uh, gone missing. It was a pivotal turn in the case. But in 1998, when the report came in, it was overlooked and not relayed to other jurisdictions. With this new information, Fairfield cold case detectives compare Jane Doe number seven's fingerprints with Dana Deavers on file with the DMV. The known print from the Jane Doe number seven did in fact match the right thumbprint from Dana Deavers' driver's license. Thanks to the hot, dry weather, they now know who their Jane Doe is, all because her right hand was mummified. If it were earlier in the year and the soil was still moist, decomposition rate would, would have been a lot higher and you would have seen less in the way of mummification. Now that the two cold cases have come together, Solano County and Fairfield Police work together to figure out who killed Dana. Because of the autopsy findings, 
they talked to Dana's family and friends about possible abuse. And a disturbing pattern emerges that contradicts what her boyfriend Lonnie Curley had told them years earlier. She had ongoing injuries to her face, her legs, her hands, her ribs um, throughout the time of their relationship. Whether it was neighbors, it was sisters, it was friends, people saw her covering up her injuries. Investigators run a criminal background check on Lonnie and find multiple reports of domestic disturbances at the couple's home. She repeatedly told her friends and her family members that he threatened to kill me. According to one report, when their daughter was just three years old, Dana and Lonnie got into an argument. She calls 911. She tells the 911 officer that, you know, he's going to kill me. Fairfield police rushed to the scene. I responded and I heard a woman screaming and her screams were piercing. When officers knocked on the door, Lonnie answered. And um, basically Lonnie Curley slammed the door in the police face and everything's fine here. And we kept knocking on the door and we noticed this large bay window to the left side of the door. And we needed to get in and the screaming lady needed to get out. She actually broke the window and pulled Dan out of the window. She's trembling. She's crying. She said, hurry up. He's going to kill me. But she refused medical help. She didn't want to go to the hospital. She sustained a one-inch cut to her left eye that was bleeding and a cut behind her left ear and some bruises on her thighs. Dennis said that Lonnie was upset because he wanted to have a threesome. They were out at a club, and he had instructed her to get a female for them to sleep with. And she was not able to get a woman to participate in sex. So from a standing position, he kicked her in the head. But Lonnie wasn't arrested that night, and Dana eventually went back to him. Back in the 80s, domestic violence was known more as a family issue. The courts didn't get involved. She was a super concerned about her little girl, and the interest of her daughter trumped her own needs, and she was not going to leave him. Then, just six months before she was murdered, on January 7, 1996, another similar instance occurred. But this time, the state pressed charges, and Lonnie was actually arrested for domestic violence. Prosecutors and police started becoming a lot more aggressive in in um, prosecuting domestic violence cases in the 90s. His court date was set for June 14, 1996. For investigators in 2007, a timeline and motive for murder emerges. From January through June, uh, she continues to get beat up by him. He's extremely mad that he has court coming up. Miss Deaver wrote letters to the district attorney and attempted to get them to drop the charges. They were not going to do that, and ultimately, he knew that he was going down. They speculate that Dana was murdered and discarded in the hot, dry drainage ditch on June 14th, the day Lonnie said she walked out. Five days later, Lonnie showed up for court. Conveniently, the state's witness was not present. And so they plead it down to, like, no time, probation, got a misdemeanor, he walks out the door. She'd already been dead. Investigators feel confident they have their man. 
but they still have to prove it. They decide to bring Lonnie Curley in for questioning. After 11 years of getting away with murder, will Lonnie crack under pressure? Was there violence in the house? Mm -mm, None. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Fairfield and Solano County, California detectives have finally identified Jane Doe number seven as missing mother, Dana Deaver. The connection was delayed 11 years due to miscommunication between officials and the harsh summer weather conditions. In this case, the weather played a large part in the misidentification of Jane Doe number seven. Now investigators speak with Dana's boyfriend, 49-year-old Lonnie Curley, who had a history of beating her. Well, basically, um, involving Dana, Mm -hmm. um, we located her body. So she is deceased. And as part of the process here, we wanted to be able to notify family members. It just, you know, I feel bad because, you know, you know, somebody we lived with for a while. Lonnie didn't ask anything. There was not who, what, when, where, why. He didn't seem to be surprised. Lonnie Curley showed really no emotions, and he was just cold. Were you guys physically abusive to each other? Was there violence in the house? Mm -mm. None. Investigators confront Lonnie with the January 19th, 1996 domestic violence arrest, but he keeps his cool and makes himself out as the victim. I just think she wanted me to be arrested because I know Dana, you know, because I, I remember we was in the kitchen and I remember, her, you know, like doing something like this to herself, you know, and then she called 911. He kept saying she'd whack herself so she could go party. She'd whack herself so she could call the police. She, she'd whack herself to try to make me look like the bad guy. Detectives ask him about the night of June 14, 1996, hoping he'll slip up, but he sticks to his original story. What happens? She just said, I'm leaving, and then walked out the door. With nothing, she just walked out. With the clothes she had in her purse, as far as I know, she, I don't know if she had a bag or not, but she just said that, I'm going. Getting nowhere, they ask Lonnie for a DNA sample. At that point, he lawyers up, and they have no choice but to release him. There was no confession. 
There was no direct evidence to him, to her, as far as the homicide. Two days later, he is served with search warrants for his DNA, hairs and saliva, and in July, his house. We know we have the right person. We know we're trying to get justice for Dana Deaver and her family. In Lonnie's house, they look for anything that will directly connect him to Dana's murder or the dump site. They were looking for any diaries, any notations, any phone directories. But what they did take um, were a number of diaries that were written by the daughter. But with no solid physical evidence, the case stalls once again. Everyone had believed that there's foul play. Everyone believed he was involved in her death, but it just wasn't that where they felt like we could prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Three years later, a determined district attorney, Krishna Abrams, picks up Dana Deaver's case one last time and agrees with investigators. I felt like Dana loved her daughter, would not have left her daughter. The last person to see her alive was Lonnie Curley. And we see the escalation of domestic violence over time. But we need to be able to prove it. We need justice for this family. And so no stone went unturned. The district attorney's cold case detectives review the daughter's diaries and find one compelling entry. She wrote about how um, Dana was injured. She said a lot of things about the abuse that she'd seen in the home. In addition, the team located the vehicle that Lonnie owned at the time Dana disappeared. Investigators located that vehicle uh, with a new owner. A search of that vehicle was conducted, and in the trunk of the vehicle, there was a pubic hair, uh, which was later uh, determined to come from Dana Deaver. Krishna presents everything before a grand jury. Finally, 15 years after Dana Deaver disappeared, Lonnie Curley is indicted for her murder. I couldn't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that it was willful, premeditated, and deliberate. So they indicted him on second-degree murder, uh, which carries a penalty 15 years to life. Lonnie goes to trial, but is there enough evidence to convince a jury of his guilt? It was one of the most difficult cases I've ever been in, in terms of because of the lack of all the physical evidence and eyewitness um, testimony. In 1996, the harsh summer conditions of Solano County, California, threw off the timeline for the identification of a mummified Jane Doe, who was thought to have died much sooner, but was later identified as missing Dana Deaver 11 years later. It actually, it got up to 100 degrees, and all this time the wind was still blowing each afternoon. So this helps, you know, accelerate any drying and the winds blew away any possible footprints or tire tracks left at the scene. The weather in this area being hot, windy, and dry helped preserve and petrify the skin on the body to ensure that we had something left to examine other than a skeleton. So they were able to, to get our prints from that. Now in September 2012, 16 years after Dana was murdered, her live-in boyfriend, Lonnie Curley, stands trial. He pleads not guilty. The prosecution presents their case. 
They believe Lonnie's upcoming July 19, 1996 court date for assault was the catalyst for Dana's murder. His motivation was to protect himself from being convicted on domestic violence charges, and he was not going to stand for that. He'd gotten away with all of these acts of domestic violence for 10 years, and he finally was going to have to go to court, which could impact his house, his job, his family. On June 14, 1996, the night Lonnie claims Dana walked out, Prosecutors believe they got into a horrific fight. She might have gotten the strength to talk about leaving him. And maybe he knew he was going to jail. Whether it happened at 3 AM or midnight, doesn't matter. He lost his temper. And he beat her, and it went so far as to now you have to go all the way through with it because you already have one felony you're facing, and um, she's so injured. Unfortunately, no one will ever know for sure. We never could argue exactly how he killed her. Did he smother her? Did he stomp her? Did he kick her? Did he punch her repeatedly? And so um, that was always hard because, you know, you tell the jury, I don't have to prove how he did it, um, just that he did it. The state says that while his parents took care of their daughter, Lonnie disposed of Dana's body. He put her naked body in the trunk of his car, covered by a green blanket, and drove her out to a desolate area of Rio Vista and dumped her like garbage. He did exactly what he promised that he would do for years. He kept saying he would kill her and that no one would find her. And I think that he killed her thinking no one would ever find her. But Lonnie's defense argues that Dana walked out as he reported those many years ago. His story kind of changed. She was leaving with friends. Oh, she was stealing money. She was having an affair. She was using drugs. I mean, like, it was the gamut. It was dirty up Dana was the defense in this trial, which was, to me, just horrifying because you're going off on a woman who can't even, you know, defend herself. To add insult to injury, they deny any and all allegations of regular domestic violence. But multiple family members testify that they witnessed Lonnie beating Dana and the state presents the diary of their daughter witnessing the abuse. So that kind of brought to light like what was really going on in the home at the time. Her diaries were extremely important at the jury trial. For three long months, the attorneys battled back and forth. It was one of the most difficult cases I've ever been in. The defense put on probably six to eight experts, anthropologists and pathologists, to refute the fact that she suffered these paramortem injuries to her ribs. So Krishna tries something she's never done before. She has to show the jury Dana's remains. I'd never heard of it. I'd never done it. Nobody I know had ever done it. I said, I feel like it's so important for this jury to actually see with their own eyes because it became the battle of the experts. And the judge allows it. We exhumed the body and we ended up putting out the, uh, her remains on the table at the trial. And the bones were in various stages of healing. And then there were some broken bones that were fresh as though they were made um, at the time of the death. And I knew if I offend one juror, I'm out, I'm done. You know, we have a hung jury, if not an acquittal. And to explain to the jury why it took so long to identify Dana, Krishna shows the crime scene video. 
to watch the video, you could really see the weather conditions, the wind and the brush and the trees, and then focusing in on her body and the elements from the sun and, and showing that her legs that were exposed and how that they were exposed to the sun. And that's why they were in the condition they were in. On January 2nd, 2013, the jury finds 53-year-old Lonnie Curley guilty of second-degree murder. It was one of the most difficult cases I've ever been in, in terms of because of the lack of all the physical evidence and eyewitness um, testimony. It was one of the most gratifying verdicts because her whole family was waiting for justice for so many years. It had been 17 years by the time that the jury reached a verdict. Dana Deaver will always be remembered as the devoted mother who wanted the best for her daughter, no matter the cost. Her life was taken away from her before the age of 35 years old. She was at the prime of her life. She was a beautiful soul inside and out. She lost that life with her daughter. Her daughter lost that life with her loving mother. So it's sad for everyone. Domestic violence is heartbreaking because it occurs within the family. And a lot of times the victims don't feel like they can trust anyone or talk to anyone and that they're trapped. Even though the Northern California heat hurt the timeline, costing the investigation 11 years, had the weather been different, the case may have never been solved. The weather conditions before, during, and after, you know, any investigation, there's a lot of things out there that you wouldn't think the, uh, the weather would have an involvement, but it actually does.